You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shekhar Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to The Retail Perch. I guess we took a couple of weeks off there in between, and uh, we had Stephanie Doherty standing in for us there, Gary. She did a great job with those shopper interviews of talking about holiday shopping habits. But we wanted to welcome all our listeners back in. It's great to be back, and it's great to have uh, Gary back. Just got back from his uh, ski vacation. And Gary, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing a little sore, but uh, good. Gary, I know we've been talking to you know a number of people. You've been talking to a number of retailers, and I think in the past few months there were a lot of questions that we felt you know that occurred many times over, and we felt that maybe this is a general trend in the industry where people are looking to understand something. So, uh, so folks, we're going to try and throw some light on some of these topics, and uh, I'll let Gary take it away. Uh, Shaker, you know, from conversations we've had recently with different retailers and, and others across the industry, I think a lot of retailers are wondering how to view traditional loyalty programs in this new world of personalization. And, you know, wondering sort of how these things come together, how should they be looking at this whole new digital world that we live in today? And I think you, you've heard the same from some conversations you've had, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess... Sometimes people use them interchangeably, and I think we want to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff, so to say. You know, you know, how are they different? And I know you come from the world of loyalty 20, 25 years, and there's a place for it. And now we're in the age of AI and ML and personalization. I just wanted to see how, how do you think about these things? Yeah. There in your so, so I, you know, it's interesting. We've got two things that are in a sense separate, and yet they're together. Uh, and there's ultimately a huge amount of synergy between the two. But you know, maybe let's start with just a real quick history of, of traditional loyalty, right? That started 25, almost 30 years ago now. And in its early days, absolutely was enabled by new technology. The opportunity to effectively scan the customer via originally a loyalty card or a key tag with a barcode on it, right? that ID being attached to that transaction, and then retailers being able to pull that data back and begin to build a, a database of their customers and the customers associated shopping and spending. Opened a whole new door to how to look at retail, right? And you know, obviously a lot of marketing uh, implications there, but just as many management implications because you know it's really only once you can begin measuring something, you can begin to manage it. And for the first time, retailers could begin to effectively measure customer behavior and customer activity. You know, it became important early on to really drive what I think of as identification rates, right? A little bit of data is good, but it can be dangerous, right? The more data, the better. And so we saw companies like Kroger and others really focus on capturing a large portion of their total sales and transactions identified back to the customer. You know, world-class companies today are identifying somewhere around 95% of their total sales to the customer. So I, I guess what you're saying is when technology got to a point where you could start tagging customers' transactions, they started then building programs, but still aggregated programs, that were yes. that allowed people to participate and I guess provided them the incentive to identify themselves. 
the, if the, you are the, part of the program, kind of like a frequent flyer program. Yeah, right? that, that's right. Because 20 or 30 years ago, the technology did not support true one-to-one capabilities like we have today, right? So at best, it was segment-based. But what retailers were focused on was leveraging this new capability to grow the data they were capturing, but also to impact customer behavior. So we saw a lot of continuity programs, other programs that, be it either by dollars or by points, effectively begin to reward shoppers for their spending and shopping over time with that retailer. You know, free turkey programs at Thanksgiving time and other things like that. And those programs absolutely have a positive impact. There is uh, always some segment, some portion of shoppers that would respond and increase their shopping, increase their, their trip frequency or whatever for the benefit of the retailer. And also it got them more data. And then uh, once we started having this ability to process more data, obviously we now have the ability to look at shoppers individually. And I guess that's where the personalization and the AI and the machine learning come in. So it's layered on top of this basic ability to understand shopper behavior, yep. which, which is data driven by the loyalty programs. That's right. So, you know, I, I think for retailers looking at this whole space today, I think given what's going on across the industry, given what's going on with competition today, even retailers that do not have traditional loyalty, i.e. do not have customer data, per se, need to get into the personalization game, right? As best they can to personalize that weekly ad flyer, maybe make, you know, all those digital coupons, sort them and hear the most relevant for each customer, things like that. I I think that is quickly becoming an expectation. But to really realize the benefits of personalization takes more and more data. And obviously you want to, if you're a retailer, impact as many shoppers as you can. So that means, you know, I need to collect customer identified data on more and more of my shoppers. In my opinion, more traditional loyalty efforts are still the most effective, cost-effective way to begin capturing all that data. And with that data opens the door to personalization and more importantly, you know, in in the world we live in, strategic personalization. I'm just trying to draw a picture in my head. So this seems like loyalty is kind of like, you know, like the entry gate. Like you get somebody into an engagement process by having some kind of a strong loyalty program that's nicely branded and uniform across your stores. But once they get in through the door, your goal is to then surprise and delight them by understanding their individual behavior and being able to cater to them individually. And obviously the loyalty factor is great, but then where you really start driving customer relationships and you always talk about that corner store effect is being able to deliver to shoppers precisely what they want and what they need at a given time, which is going above and beyond just earning points in a club that you can redeem for 10 bucks off your next trip. In my work with, with retailers, you know, around the world over the last 25 years, I have found that recognition, recognizing that individual customer or shopper is as powerful, quite honestly, I think one of the most powerful things a retailer can do to build and foster that relationship. And when you think about it, 
providing a shopper savings on products that are really relevant to them is very much, in my mind, a form of recognition, right? You're saying, I know you, and I can help you save money, which is important to everyone, pretty universally, right, on the products you want to buy or products that are important to you. I guess you're almost talking about giving shoppers badges based on their level of engagement and recognizing them for the fact that, hey, you're a valuable shopper, you know, here's a bag. I use uh, Waze for my GPS app and and I post information, you know, about stuff I see on the highway because it earn, I earn more points and it's not that I'm getting paid for it, right. but there's, it's almost some, it's uh, satisfying some dopamine fix for me uh, if I know I'm getting recognized, I guess. Right. Well, and, and stop and think, you know, prior to the last nine or 10 months, you know, we both traveled extensively, right? And, and both on different airlines were at the top of their programs. And sure, you know, we each earn a lot of miles and, you know, those can be used for free flights and so on. But what became more important to me than the free flights were the services and the recognition that accompanied that, right? And I think, you, I know you've sure. experienced the same. Uh, have a flight canceled, you're automatically rebooked on the next available flight. You know, a host of things like that. So it's it's services and recognition and personalization feeds all that. So for a retailer that's, you know, listening to this uh, podcast here today, and maybe they're early in the game of loyalty and they're looking at branding, what would be a roadmap that you, that you think would be ideal for something like that? So um, it's a great question. And I think the way to look at this and think about loyalty and personalization, right? It's almost like that uh, yin and yang uh, type symbol, right? Where they're both sort of fit together. I think to do personalization, right? You need data. At the end of the day, you need customer identified transaction data. Now, more retailers have at least a start on that because of the growth of e-commerce today. The risk is if you only use online shopping data, even if you've got 10% of your sales being done online, there's a very good chance that a majority of those online shoppers are also shopping in the store. And you're missing that element. You're missing that part of the picture. And that's important, right? A little bit, little bit of data can be dangerous here. So I would suggest to companies that they need to think about, don't call it traditional loyalty if, if that you know bothers you, but you need to think about what incentives can you put in place to foster a shopper identifying themselves each time they shop, right? Commonly that's done through a phone number today, but somehow that shopper identifying themselves. So you start to build up a picture of each customer, how often they're shopping, when they shop, what they're purchasing, what they're not purchasing, all that. And ideally, this should be for both online purchases as well as in-store. Right. Then, right. then as that data begins to come together, you can begin to personalize that experience. You can begin to personalize the weekly ad to them. You can you know, take those couple hundred digital coupons and suggest to them, hey, here are the five or 10 most relevant to you, right? Uh, and then as you begin to gather more and more data in your identifying, let's say, 75% of total sales or more, now you're gaining a, a really more complete picture of your business via the customer lens. And that opens the door to more strategic personalization, right? right. I've got a new customer 
The goal is I want to get them back in the store and begin to build that habit shopping with me. Or I've got a secondary customer. I want to try to grow into a more valuable, loyal customer. I want to retain my best customers, that type of thing. I think I've heard some of these terms more, you know, recently like customer journeys you know does does a retailer have a plan for a customer journey when they acquire a new customer yes. how do they plan to kind of move them up the tiers to to a loyal customer is there a, a specific strategy that you're executing and you know for each of these customer types and i guess that's that's personalization also at a certain level because that's being executed at a customer by customer level Absolutely, it is. And I I love that idea of a customer journey, right? And I think that is really, really applicable and appropriate for uh, the regional chains and, you know, smaller uh, retailers. The notion of really knowing shoppers and especially knowing shoppers over years of some kind of relationship is almost foreign to a big national retailer right? Theoretically, they get it. They can't realistically understand that. But the regional retailers have been in business for decades. They have shoppers that have shopped with them for decades. Families where two, three, four generations have shopped with them. In that environment, the idea of a customer journey is incredibly powerful. I mean, stop and think, you know, I'll just use myself as an example, right? You know, 30 years ago, we had, you know, four little kids. So we were, you know, and and dogs and cats and, you know, we were purchasing a lot of different products appropriate for that life stage. But then as our kids got older, went to college, moved out, you know, now it's just Heather and I, two people purchasing, right? Still have a dog. But, you know, that evolution, how a customer's lifestyle changes over time, you can understand that from purchase data. If you're really good and you've got the data, you can see and track those types of lifestyle changes. And then putting in place the technology to automatically recognize sort of those signals or those triggers and be able to respond appropriately. Boy, incredibly powerful. But I guess we live in an age of digital communication and it seems like personalization and digital engagement kind of go hand in hand almost because, you know, personalization almost took its birth from the e-commerce and internet movement. Yes. And so for brick and mortar retailers today, if they're trying to get and improve their personalization, it's, it seems like it's almost imperative that they need to also improve digital engagement and connecting with the customer. Absolutely. You have to be digitally engaged today, right? You know, think back 20 years ago, Kroger, who's probably one of the most well-known companies for personalization, right? They were leveraging direct mail, you know, sending out targeted personalized coupons every month, every quarter to their best customers. Now, because it was direct mail, one, you simply had the, the time factor. You couldn't react instantly. You had the plan, you had the print, you had the mail. Uh, So these were typically quarterly programs. And because of the cost of printing in direct mail, you could only afford to do them for maybe your top customers. But in the digital world, the cost of communication is effectively zero now, right? To communicate via email, through my website, text messaging, countless other ways. So it, it opens the door to being able to do this for every shopper. Right. But you're absolutely right. Looking back, it wasn't until 
the digital world really began to evolve and, and things like email, you know, being adopted on a, you know, we take it for granted today, but 20 years ago, that was not the case. Right. Um, these things have changed. Right, right. And it seems like, you know, our retailers who, I mean, they're probably hearing the word personalization, AI, machine learning. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, every article seems to be filled with these terms, but it, it seems like you can't ignore being connected with your customers digitally because you know that's almost a requirement to you to, to do effective personalization the reason loyalty programs work as well as they do is because when you walk into the store you've got to be blind not to see them right, right. they're everywhere and this messaging is everywhere so it seems like for personalization if you don't know how to connect with customers personally on a one-to-one -one basis it's very difficult to really drive home the value of that. And yes, you can do direct mail campaigns, but they're expensive, right? I mean, yes. for you to mail out to a million shoppers, you know, variable printing, it's all expensive. But, you know, like you said, email is cheap, if not free uh, yeah. for a majority. So you got people to sign up now for loyalty to get that loyalty card. Okay, and now we're saying personalization, you need to be able to connect with them via email or a mobile app. What's the route for a retailer to kind of build that digital customer engagement? When you think of digital engagement, I think more and more people, consumers, shoppers, whatever term you want to use, right, are expecting relevancy in their communication. You know, stop and think about nearly everyone in the world is on Amazon at some point, right? You know, and you go to Amazon, sign in, and their recommendations to you based on your prior purchase history, things you've looked at, so on and so forth. And we see that across a lot of websites and have for some time. So people are, have sort of grown to expect this. So I see the role of personalization and relevancy is absolutely foundational to building successful digital engagement. Now, it doesn't always have to be an offer or offers on certain products, right? It can be, hey, right. you know, feedback to me in real time, my points balance on the fuel program or your loyalty clubs or different things. There's just like the airline frequent flyer miles, right? There's value there. But the more you can help guide me to savings on products that are important to me that I want to buy, the more you show me that you understand me, it drives more and more engagement. And right. that is obviously, you know, the future. I look back over the past decade or so, and I have seen way too many retailers that have really taken a pretty laid back approach to digital. You know, they, they pump out their weekly ad printed, distributed in the newspaper or however they do it. Yeah, you know, and, and many retailers have had this approach of, well, I've got my website, I've got email if somebody wants to sign up for it, or, you know, I put something up on social media. But it's almost like if the shopper wants to engage digitally with me, then they will. But I'm not going to proactively push it. Right. But other retailers like a Walmart, a Kroger, that are driving hard to build that digital engagement. And I think all retailers have got to adopt that same attitude. Loyalty is kind of like the foundation that gets people to be motivated to identify their sales. Once you collect enough data, you want to be able to understand individual customer behavior in order to be able to connect with those customers and really bring personalization to reality. 
you need to build enough of a custom digital engagement platform. And, yes. and I guess clearly digital engagement, we mean more than a website, right? right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we yeah. need, you know, social media, email, mobile app, e-commerce, whatever, any means that you can connect with the shopper digitally, right? And that, that's kind of like, you know, so loyalty, and then you have digital engagement and personalization going, you know, hand in hand. And then you can go to town in, in with kind of programs you may want to run. The advantage with personalization is also it's it's a lot of stealth marketing in some sense. You don't yes. have to advertise your prices. You don't have to put them out. So you're it's also a guard against competition in some sense where you're able to grow customers one by one, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. The days of tracking your competition's pricing, if you will, by looking at their weekly ad or looking at billboards or that type of thing are gone. It, you know, as, as more retailers move towards personalization, and personalized promotional pricing. So not just here's an offer just for you, but here's a product at a price point just for you versus other shoppers. You know, they're very much as stealth and, and is very, very difficult to keep track of. So it, it fundamentally changes the nature of competition. I mean, I was reading uh, some news from, uh, you know, last couple of weeks and it said that, you know, during this time uh, with COVID, 60% are spending more time cooking at home, right? And they're looking to cook uh, healthier meals. And there seem to be more concerned about environmental impact of lifestyle choices and, and less waste. And, you know, it's curious, I'm just curious to see uh, how retailers think about changing their engagement in terms of their communication, right? Are, you, are they sending more relevant emails? Hey, here's meal suggestions for the week, inspiring right. trips back to the store. I mean, it's not just about savings and coupons and sales, right? It's also right. about, can I add value in other ways based on behavior that I can see here at the store? Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, as you just mentioned, you know, a growing interest in certain uh, healthier foods, recipes, uh, nutrition, that type thing, right? It, you know, I think as this whole lockdown continues on, I more and more people have uh, become more attuned to, I need to eat healthy foods. I need to uh, build my immune system through, you know, proper nutrition, those types of things. And again, that becomes a really powerful element of personalization relevancy. But to your point, yeah, this goes way past just an offer on a product at a price. How can I, back to our airline example, how can I think more broadly in terms of not just economic or financial benefits I can provide, savings, but you know, services, recognition, information, how does all this come together that I can be relevant to that individual customer or that household? I think we're right about the end of this, but we're hoping that on the next episode, Gary, and I think mentioned to you, we're gonna have some guests coming in from the industry, not yes. retailers, but technologists. So that should be fun. Some of these conversations may, may be from people who are coming in from Amazon, which is, I think, incredibly innovative company and as scary as they are to a lot of retailers i think there's an amazing amount that we can learn also from what they've really done well get better at uh at, you know at your own trade from that right so any closing thoughts here gary before we you know i i think some retailers are sitting back looking at all this and and, and they get scared you know how can i do all this you know i don't have the, the right people i don't have the right skill sets at the same time, I, I look at the technologies that are available today to you know, regional retailers, even smaller retailers, and what's happening with AI and machine learning and, and automation. 
it's incredibly exciting times right now. And there is so much that retailers can do. The challenge in my mind is not the technology today. It's can the retailer think about how they go to market, how they do business differently? Because it's no longer, you know, pilot high and let it fly, whatever the, the front page item is next week in the printed ad. This is all about focusing on the individual customer. Folks, it's been a fun discussion. Again, we're happy to take any questions, any specific topics you want us to discuss. Uh, just email us, retailperch at birdseye.com. And guess what? Pretty soon, Gary, we're ha- going to have our own website coming up, retailperch.com. And uh, you'll be able to see all, all the episodes and just play for play all the episodes right there. And uh, I, thanks for supporting us. And, uh, you know, we, we hear from the people out there that there are people listening to this podcast. So appreciate all the support. And I wanted a, a big shout out to Stephanie Doherty, who's putting all this together single-handedly, doing an amazing job. And maybe one of these days, uh, Gary will get her on we'll, as, we'll as a guest. Exactly. All right. So... Uh, for everybody out there, uh, I know this week is coming up Christmas uh, and holidays and whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. All right. Happy holidays. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary signing off. <laughs>